Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Hector Garcia. Welcome, Hector. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So just to give everybody an understanding, Hector has brought meaning and joy to my life with his book, Ikigai. I'd say it's an honor to hear that. <laughs> and, and, and pressure as, as a writer to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, it really did surprise me because I was given it as a gift and it was one of those books that I hadn't picked up off the shelf myself. Someone else had chosen it specifically for me, knowing who I am and what I love. And it took me moments to read the book. It was an absolute joy to find something that totally spoke to me. Well, thank you. So why why is that? <laughs> why, why, why do you think we, which part of the book? Well, it was the whole concept that you combine what you love with what the world needs, with what you can be paid for and what you're good at. Mm -hmm. So the whole concept of combining your passion, your mission, your vocation mm -hmm. and your profession, it just made perfect sense. And I didn't quite realize or I didn't understand why that hadn't become mainstream, why it wasn't something that everybody knew. I think we, we, we all know it somehow, but we need to be reminded about it from time to time. And there are different ways that we are reminded of this, but this, uh, the Japanese word, I think the beautiful thing about everything is, the, is the word is that we can condense everything in the word Ikigai. And that's what I think it's powerful because there are many concepts around and for example the title of your podcast it's also is the focus on why so you need three it's more or less the same thing but you need three words to think about it so ikigai is like is like the perfect like word to remind us when we are feeling down in life or stressed it's like okay i'm am i aligned with my ikigai lately yes or no and well, I think that's that's the point of the word Ikigai. And well, that's why I wrote the book first. And what inspired you to write about it? So I was the, the inspiration for the book. So I've been now like 16 years in Japan. And I wrote other books beforehand. But the first books I wrote about Japan were more... Uh, like an, it, it was more like an explanation. I was trying to figure out what is Japan about. It was an explanation. I was traveling around Japan. I was working here in Japan. I was trying to make sense of what is Japan about, which is a very mysterious country. Everything is so different from my... I was raised on board in Spain. So at the beginning, it was... It was about the cultural shock and trying to put to explain things. And these these books were quite success. They're still 
like quite successful. For the one is is called a geek in Japan, so it's like a nerdy. I was, and it's one of the I I recommend this book not because if it's mine, but it's it's a very good complement to. A, it's not a guidebook, but it's a good complement to. If you come to Japan and you want to understand the, in fact, it's a why you 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 want to understand why things are why they are while you are traveling and visiting temples and you see people on the streets bowing to each other instead of handshaking. So in my first book, I covered that. It's like the big one, Japan one-on-one. And my like Ikigai came like, I had, it has, it's connected with a kind of like personal story like this until my thirties. I, I, I can say that my life, I was very, I don't know if I was connected with my Ikigai or not, but I was very, I was full of energy and trying to pursue anything that I liked. I was into photography, traveling. I was working as a software engineer. I I love my life and I didn't have any big problems. And then suddenly when I was 31, I got a very weird illness in in my intestine. It's a... It's called SIBO. It's a very weird illness, but it's not, you don't die from it, but I had, I spent several years. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything basically for years. And my brain didn't work. I couldn't concentrate on anything. I could not enjoy even reading a book. It was basically, I'm saying it now, like with nice voice, but it was, it was, it was the words that felt in my life and that was the beginning of thinking about writing ikigai i because i started reading many books even though i was feeling very bad when i could read i felt good enough to read i was reading lots of philosophy books i was reading about existentialism i was reading yeah how to find purpose in life and I was thinking a lot about, okay, what's the meaning of all this if I cannot do things, if I'm if I'm ill and I'm out of purpose. So that, that was a very rough time for me in my life. And that's where I my my I had a friend who came once every year, he traveled to Japan. His name is Francesc. And he's a novelist in Spain. And he came to Japan and we went, we we talked, we spent, we went to an island near Tokyo, which we spent the whole day walking and talking about life. And he, he, he's also a psychologist in Spain, so he helps people. And I explained him the word Ikigai, and I explained him about my problems with my stomach. And he, after this day, working together, the idea came out that uh, we have he we have to work, we have to write a book together about Ikigai. And he told me writing Ikigai, it will be a therapy for you to 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 overcome your, even if you're feeling bad, it will help you psychologically to feel better, 
to to go over your illness your and and that's that's why that's why we wrote ikigai so that's the origin story of the book and and i think when people ask me why do you think it is a sec i think i can say it's successful the book i think the reason it, it resonates with people i wrote everything i wrote i wrote it with my heart and together with those words that come from my heart it's it's also all the interviews we did we put together we went together to this the village of the longest living in the world which is in Okinawa and we lived there with the elders and we interviewed them and in the book we, we don't share all the interviews where we, we we shared the best of what they said to us and resonated with our hearts. And I think what was lovely about those interviews is that, and, and you think you say this is that they just treated everybody as though they, they were a brother in, you know, they, they welcomed you so well. Yes. And that's, that's the feeling that, that there is a saying in Okinawa that is Ichiriba Ichode, which it means that, that you are, you are friends from the beginning. You should treat everyone like a friend from minute one. And that changed people's reactions to everything. Absolutely. And even though they'd, they'd had sort of horrendous times during the war, it, it, it didn't have any lasting effects with them. Mm, I think, yes. Okinawan people are kind of, they are different from, they're kind of, even the Japanese say this, that they are different from the rest of Japan in their attitude and look, look on life. And I think it affected them. It's very recent. So all the, in fact, all the people, this is kind of weird because this, if we want to go to war stories, like this village is in North of Okinawa. If you go to the South, they don't live, the average lifespan is, is much lower because they were basically, the invest, they were, they were killed. Mm. So, the, the, the village we visit, which is the longest living in the world, they are in the north of Okinawa, which the American, the, the Allied forces would never reached. Mm -hmm. So everyone who was there, everyone who survived there, they have, if you talk with them, you could ask them about the war. And they, because we, we even talk, we talked with people who were 108 years old. So, and they were still able to remember mm. like they were in the war. So, yes, uh, they, they are different, but they have a history of, I don't know the right word in English, of they've been always, they've never been very fortunate. They, they, I think they are used to being, they were part of China, they were a kingdom, they were like a puppet, they were a puppet kingdom controlled by China, Japan, and that makes them, these days, they're very, I think they're more flexible than Japanese mm -hmm. people. They are very flexible culture and people, which they help. There is much more community and help each other than the rest of Japan. I think they have become more individualistic. They have become more like, like, yeah, you know, I, I 
Maybe adaptable. They... America, American, like in big cities like Tokyo. Mm -hmm. So when you read our book, Ikigai, some people criticize it and say, if you go to Tokyo, you don't see anything of this. Mm, and that's okay. true. Like Ikigai is not about is not about Japan. It's it's about it's about the old Japan and especially this village of in Okinawa where they keep living like they lived. They still live like they lived a uh, hundred years or two hundred years ago. Mm. So they're adaptable, but they've also kept their traditions. Yes, that's the perfect that we can say it for whole Japan. They they are adaptable and they keep traditions in a weird way. Mm. And you can see that if you travel to Japan, sometimes it feels like a contradiction because you have like a very modern thing that is like and then you have something very old that they try to keep it clean and everything is together. You see someone using a fax machine and then they're making a call with a 5G telephone. Uh, and he's like, why are you still using the fax <laughs> machine? And then you you see a train that it's, it still works with a, an old train and they keep it working, but it's because they think it's beautiful to keep that thing working. But then they have the bullet, like yeah. the magnet lev levitation thing working too. So yes, they keep trying traditions and keep improving so did it actually cure your your illness doing this work not i cannot say cure because i'm still feeling daily it's a chronic illness but it helped me mm. somehow i don't know how to explain i feel that i feel the pain but i can abstract it and slowly not only not only writing the book helped me but it was the first step, I think, to, 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 to visualize, okay, whatever it happens, I can have a, whatever it happens, I have this purpose and however I feel. And then there are many things I've been doing to try to manage my illness, but it's out, outside of that. But yeah, I'm still struggling. I'm a person that if there are listeners who are struggling with the, uh, uh, the chronic illnesses, I totally emphasize, how do you say, emphasize with you. Empathize. I know yes. what empathize with you. Yeah. I know how it is. And it's it's a daily struggle, but you, you, you have to learn. It's, yeah, maybe I have to write another book about that. It's still difficult for me to talk about it. Well, because it's, it's funny something because... you have to deal daily. So, yeah, and you didn't uh, you mention this. You didn't mention this. No, in no, book. in the book I chose, I never, I only mentioned this in podcasts. Yeah, I've okay. never written about this because I think I'm not ready yet. It's like, it's only, I'm writing, I've written more books lately, later, and I never talk about my personal story, but I think it transpires through the message. Mm. Like, so, the work of Viktor Frankl and existentialism had a major part in this book. Exactly. In fact, I see it our second, I think I'm forgetting about my own. The second chapter is basically about a reminder of his work. And we direct, we prefer that the reader, in fact, it's a perfect combination 
if you read his book after you read Ikigai or the reverse, you, you read Viktor Frankl and then you read Ikigai because I think our book is kind of a, it's a new, it's a renewed version of what he said, but with more things, right? What mm. do you think? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. And and I think it what I love about the book is it's just so easy to read. It's it's very comforting in a way because it's mm. it's got every aspect of of living included there. And and you can just see and you, you travel across the world, you go to the different areas and, and the blue zones as you call them, um, or as they were labeled beforehand but it, yes the blue from, zone, from, that's also someone else that's yeah. Dan, Dan Butter which is we also recommend to, you should read him read him which is absolutely I, I have to give a book list on my podcast and because I just feel that the more work you can read from others and that research already will just help you live a more fulfilled life because you have so many different perspectives and, and something that you you touch on is is something I've always known from little is that you need to keep your mind or your hands busy and I think that's the concept of Vicky Guy isn't it that you you keeping yourself busy but with a purpose mm, exactly and yeah in in, the, in English the Japan the word busy can be misinterpreted because you can say oh I'm super busy and then then that that's okay but it's how did I would say yes you have to be busy with purpose and it's not busy you have to be maybe you have the word occupied too right yes you have to be you have to be doing things not, not like the, the meaning of being busy in the context of ikigai or like is that you don't retire and do nothing so the the dream of that we have a lot in 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 the west i don't want to generalize but many people i at least me in i, I was in a in a spanish culture the dream is like i will work and make some money and then one day i will retire and then when i reach retirement i will be happy that kind of mindset and i don't know if that's that's for you the same, maybe, but that's how it was in my mind, maybe when, when I was 15 and my parents were working, I was thinking, oh, then they will retire and do nothing and get money from the government. That's amazing. Mm. And then I think we have th that mindset. And in Japan, that mind that that's general for the whole Japan. That mindset does not really exist. There, there is not you you don't retire and then you will be happy in a bit drinking beers it's it's more the re in fact research says that if you retire and do nothing the probability of you having illnesses will go up because you your biology we are not meant to do nothing so that's why that's what we mean with being busy that you have things to do and that give you purpose so the idea is that you don't plan for retirement, but you plan for living uh, healthy as much as you like, yeah, living healthy and happy and with purpose and doing things that give you purpose forever. 
until well uh, that's something we cannot change until until you die but you don't have a retirement and do nothing phase in your life and i think that might be the difference between the the difference in cultures is that in the sort of the western world people will put up with a job that they're not that happy with because they've got this dream of one day they're going to retire whereas what you're describing is that people occupy themselves with things they enjoy throughout their whole life and that they don't need to retire because they're enjoying what they're doing yes well that's also true in japan there's also many people i have to say who who work in things that they don't like i think that's <laughs> okay. a common thread everywhere but when they when they reach it's a weird thing when they re, they, they are very for example i'm going to give concrete examples when they reach they are very very obsessive I think that, that this is they're very obsessed with hobbies, mm. and and then you can make your hobby so big that it becomes bigger than your your job. And then when you retire, your hobby you're not really retiring. Your hobby becomes your driving, and it can be not only when I talk about Dicky Guy, it has to be it can be your taking care of your family building a community, uh, whatever you can think of making you busy in a nice way, not not stressed. So you have to be busy, but not stressed. If you're stressed, it is, that's, that's not the point. And yeah, make, make your hobby, make your hobby your, as big as you can. That could be one, one way to do it. Mm-hmm. So the other things you mention as as sort of the secrets to the long and happy life that Ikigai can provide is is about the 80% rule of not filling your stomach. Now, is that something that's linked to your illness or is that is you know is that something Oh, yeah, that I can I I practice that. But no, that's a very harahachibu. It's a very Japanese uh, concept like expression that everyone uses so it's very parents use it to to tell their kids everyone uses this harahachibu which means when you are 80 percent full you should stop eating so again this is a very very different mindset when you compare it with uh, my i have to compare it with my culture in spain that you have to eat everything that it's in the table yeah. and and then there is dessert, and then you you can keep eating, and then you are hundred and twenty percent full. <laughs> so I think it is very this just this mindset change is one of the secrets, and this is common for all Japan. If you come, I think Japan in one statistic is the only country in the first world that obesity has not went up since the beginning of the 80s wow so the rest of the first world countries obesity has gone up like skyrocketed basically mm. and japan is the same so th- there is fat people in japan but the levels are not raising is the same um is not if you come to tokyo and you see what they eat is not because they are also starting to eat fast food and uh, any type of food that is coming from all over the world. But I believe that the secret is that 
this very simple harahachibu, like 80%. Um, many times they accomplish it because of the portions. So if you put small, if you put your food in small plates at home, you will eat, you will tend to eat less. And in restaurants, they do the same in Japan. There's lots of small plates. So in the end, you eat everything. And it's like, it's because it's a psychological thing too, because there is not much there, you cannot overeat. But that's the same as tapas, surely. Yes, that's we have some common things. Yeah, <laughs> Japanese people, in fact, Japanese people, when they go to Spain, they love going to tapas restaurants. Mm. And in Tokyo, we are starting to have Spanish tapas restaurants. They they love the concept of, like it's like sushi. Mm. So, but you were saying that you overeat in Spain, but is that because of being sort of at home and, and parents wanting to, to sort of... Ah, yes, that's true too. But it's, I think in restaurant, I think, Amy, you, you need to come to Tokyo. You will I see. I do. I'm, I'm going to come. You have to experience <laughs> it. If you go to experience to a restaurant here in Japan, in fact, at the beginning, you might be, how do you say, disillusioned. Yeah. When dessert comes, you will see something like this. This is more, I'm showing now. You will see something very small, like, wow. It's like, really? I want more. So, yeah. but once you are here, like 15 days, you, you start being okay with the Japanese portion. But at the beginning, it's like, oh, I paid 1,000 yen and I'm getting this size. <laughs> I was expecting more. And, <laughs> and that's the reality. You get... The, the, the whole mindset and restaurant portions and how people eat is everything is smaller and that being in this environment helps you to yeah to to not become fat even if you try to eat bad food it's very difficult you can do it but so what led you to japan was it initially work or i got an internship and then yeah i found a job and then i got married and then i guess i love being here in tokyo i love living in tokyo that's that's for sure and friends friendships is something that you really say is important in the book and choosing and surrounding yourself by good friends i mean I, i'm a strong believer of that because of of how much you can better yourself but what is it you were advocating in the book with friendships with friendships in general let's explain it from so this this is also going back to their previous like what, what is you have your friends in, in japanese they have this concept of uchi and soto which might feel a little bit uh like soto is outside anuchi is your your team of people that you need to protect and take care and they are very very when you are part of them they will take care of you like like a family member it feels like family what we mean with it is that in fact this this now in in tokyo is not very true because most of people i think tokyo is similar to new york and maybe london many people are starting to live alone 
And if you leave alone, in fact, is one of the causes. Is it's it's a problem with many mental illnesses. You feel loneliness, and we are. Uh, I think as a society, we are underestimating the problems that we will have in the future, just by loneliness. So having a very strong you don't need, I, I'm also a believer you, you don't need many, many friends, but you need good, at least some good friends around you that you can share uh, things with them. And you should also take care of them. And that's where I think Japanese are very good at, not, they don't have, they don't tend to have many friends, but if you're close friends with Japanese, it's very, it's a very warm feeling. And they are also very good at creating communities that they help each other. In Okinawa, they have this thing called Moai, which is, for example, if your house is destroyed by a typhoon and you don't have money to repair your house, the whole Moai, the whole people, all the all your neighbors who are belonging to the same Moai, they will help you to rebuild your house. And you can use, there is a common budget that everyone can use the money uh, when something bad is, has happened to you. So you don't feel unsupported. For example, if you are in your 80s and your wife or your, you know, you, if your family members have already died and you're living alone, your Moai comes to visit you every day and the people around you and if, they can help you, which I think is something we are lacking in big cities these days. I think you're right. I think the community and connection is paramount and, and there is a huge number of disconnection that's that's leading to stress and, and mental health, um, poor mental health. Uh, so it's something that has been mentioned in other podcasts that I've recorded uh, where people have really talked about the, the disconnection. Yes, I think that's, I think we all agree. I think we are all starting to understand this. Like it's lo loneliness is becoming a problem. And we know the solution is kind of easy. We, we, it's again, like we know it, but we need reminders. Okay, mm -hmm. this is the most important thing. It's one of the most important things in life, probably. Yeah, probably the most. Like friendship is connected with love. Mm -hmm. And if we have that, everything builds up from there. Absolutely. And you're living in a city, you're living in Tokyo, and we know that there's a strong link with being connected to nature. How connected do you feel with nature being in the heart of Tokyo? Myself. So that's a very good question. And the, the one of the reasons why I love Tokyo if you've never been here, it looks like, wow, it must, it must be a crazy city. It is, but I live, the, the heart of Tokyo is filled with huge green areas, which if you go inside, it feels like you're in the middle of the countryside. It's like, I live next to like areas that I can walk for hours and I'm surrounded by huge like i can go through temples and it's huge trees that like i feel like i'm not in the city 
So I've made a routine to myself that I go walking every day through this forest. So it's like I can, I feel like I'm traveling too far away, but it's just five minutes from my home, which is in Tokyo city center. So it's very, it's very weird. And that's why I love this city. It's very livable. Mm. This city, and I think it's maybe similar to London. Like Tokyo is very spread. Mm-hmm. And most of it is uh, like the areas where people live feel like little villages. It doesn't feel um, the people where people go to shopping or business is like skyscrapers, but you don't actually live there. So that's why I love Tokyo. And I think that, that it makes it a very livable, like, in fact, where the people live is like most of the streets is like, uh, walk people walking and bicycles, not cars. Mm. Um, people move by in trains. I don't. I don't have. I've never had a car. Like, and I'm not planning to have it. I don't need it. Like, that, that's a very. That's we go. That's another. That's a very nerdy. That's very nerdy Japan. Like, they're very obsessed with trains. So. One of the other points that you sort of really focus on is living in the moment. And it's something that I think a lot of people find difficult because they're either thinking about things that have happened in the past or or concerned about things that might happen in the future. How easy do you find it to live in the moment? So I'm going to answer with a very, I don't live in the moment. <laughs> it's very difficult. I just put this, it's again, it's a reminder to myself. I'm a person that I'm very, I'm always abstracting and making, I always, I think you, people can, listeners can already realize by listening to me, I'm already jump, like jumping to different ideas and thinking about the future and, and maybe, okay, I should do this or that. And the, 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 this, this living in the moment, I think, the, the, in fact, we are changing, uh, I like the the word ichigo ichi eh, in Japanese, which uh, I we published a new book this year. It's called ichigo ichi, eh? and we went very deep into this expression, ichigo, which means uh, is more about. It's a reminder that this moment in time and space uh, will never repeat itself in the future. And that will make us realize how precious this moment is with the people that you are surrounded with. So this is a long explanation, but it's a different mindset from the the living in the moment and all this mindfulness. That's I, I also like it, it, like meditation, but it's more the message is like you have to be alone in a room trying to focus on the now. And that might be good for to help you with the stress and have a better balance in your life. But Ichigo Ichie is more like these days we are meeting with our friends and our people and we are lost in our thoughts in our smartphones. And then we go home and you've been two, three hours with your friends, but you don't really feel that you were there with them. Okay, so it's like it's like it's a reminder that what's happening now is very important. 
and it's okay if your mind jumps to the future. I think that we are all humans. I don't believe there is anyone who can be in the present all the time. But it's good to have a reminder that, oh wow, I, this is this is an amazing moment. It's like, for example, now I'm getting excited. It's like it's the first time I'm here with Amy, and we might do another podcast in the future. But I will be older. You might have come to Japan. You will have different questions, and it will be a different thing. Mm. And th this this moment now with you. And the listeners who are listening now, it is moment how we are feeling in life and everything that is going around us, it will never, never repeat. So I like using this mindset as a reminder. Okay, Hector, stop, stop doing, stop jumping around, like be here in the moment. And I'm the first to, to not do it, but I'm, uh, that's why I, that's also why I write books to to remind. I write books about things that I don't do well myself, so it helps me. So Ichigo Ichie is about is about the beauty of creating beautiful moments in the present with your friends and loved ones. So following your ikigai, how easy do you find that on a daily basis? To to, to uh, did you find that unique talent within you that you talk about? So for, for me, I realized I, 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 that's another that I said that I don't live in the now. <laughs> and with Ikigai, I'm, I see Ikigai as a, or purpose as a very fine line that is like a compass that is pointing somewhere. And uh, I think that I've improved a lot. And uh, now I consider Ikigai, my, one of the course of my Ikigai is to, to, to my ikigai is to write so i try to write every day mm -hmm. in fact i write every day and if i fail which i do some days then i feel bad it's like okay i need it i love writing and it helps me a lot especially in the morning if i if i do write it does something to my brain or something i don't know but that's what does it for me and for you, it might be something totally different. Maybe it's painting, maybe it's a meeting with doing business meetings, maybe it's doing sales. That's what gets you going and makes you happy. We're all different. Uh, my personality, I realized that I like being alone, writing. It gives me energy. And that's that's why I believe it's I consider it part of my ikigai. But I still struggle. It's not like I'm all day like super engaged and I'm always happy at any moment. I have my ups and downs and I try to okay start doing things that give me energy and makes not only me but the people around me happy. I think that's really really reassuring to hear, to be fair, to <laughs> because I think a lot of people worry that they haven't found this compass that you speak about this sort of guide to show them the way and some people feel that they they may never find their ikigai their passion and and live in purpose then your then your i always i would say this idea and then you your ikigai should be to find it and also you can change the word so it's not some people it might be this is the, always the same controversies it's something you find or you create 
I think it depends on the person. Let's leave that aside. In fact, it can be it can be if you don't find your compass, then you create it. Or like you can, I'm I'm more on a personal level. I'm more a believer that you have to create it. It's not like you are going to sit down in the sofa and ikigai is going to come to you. That's a false. But maybe yeah. But there's some people that they believe it. They believe that they have to find it instead of creating it. I think that's after talking with many people. I think that's also okay, as long as you're moving and trying things. So, in the sofa, just looking at the, the TV, watching TV, like ikigai will not come to you. But maybe if you start trying out things, going out in life, like trying different jobs, trying different experiences. You will start find you, you at some point you you for sure you will find something. Oh wow, I'm doing this and I'm kind of enjoying it much more than these last ten things I've tried. So I would say that trial and error is very important. To you can think about it depends on the personality. You can think about it's it's something that you create. It's something that you find. For me, it's like a compass that is pointing somewhere. And it also depends on the epoch in your life. When you're in your 20s, it's very different when you're in your 40s. If you have a family, I believe your family should be very part of that compass, like very important. So I've come to, that's why in our book, we don't give you, we are not dogmatic on anything. It's, it's very open. You think about the important thing, the common, the very, very important thing is that you don't, you have always, it should be when you ask, like there's some people that they believe that they will never have a Nikki guy or create a Nikki. That's, that's the wrong mindset. You have to believe that there is a, a one Nikki guy or it can be many Nikki guys for you. And you, you are responsible for finding it or creating it. And you have to never give up because it's we are humans and every human being is made we are built for purpose and we are driven by purpose and it's very dangerous if 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 purpose disappears from your life many bad things can happen like that's maybe your especially like, like maybe that you're more a specialist in that like depression uh, like many people who have read ikigai have answered me that they they stopped their attempts to suicide. So like it's very dangerous to go into like this I don't have purpose kind of mindset, which I think and that's that, so that's the main thing. Like you you have to really, really believe that you have to start finding your ikigai. So you, creating, yeah. I'm going to change it today, is creating your ikigai. Absolutely. And, try, and start trying out things. So essentially, the, the, the true title of the book should be Stay Active, Don't Retire. Uh, yeah, you, know, you can do And keep trying, <laughs> keep, trying keep trying things out and keep re reinventing your ikigai. So that's, that's uh, yeah, like I thought a lot. In fact, after writing the book, I've kept the book. We I, I wrote it. We wrote it like almost six years ago, 
And now I thought much more deeply after feedback from readers too. And I realized that every culture, for example, now Ikigai since last October is one of the top five, many times is the top first selling book in India. And they see Ikigai as a very different thing. Mm. And there, as an author, I, there is, okay, I, I think that's okay. They have a different view of purpose and they have attached their view to this, to the word Ikigai. And it's beautiful to see how everyone sees it. But the main core message that everyone gets is that we need, we need to have that purpose. It's the most important thing. And were you surprised about how well received the book was? Oh, yes. That's, I still don't, I want to ask you, why do you think? I, I believe it's because it resonates with people and we wrote it with our hearts, but I don't, I don't know the other, I don't know the reason why. I wasn't expecting, in fact, at the beginning, I was like, okay, it was published in Spain. I was thinking, okay, we will sell like a couple of thousand copies. And now it's like, whoa, I think we are over 2 million copies. That's incredible. Which is like unbelievable. You're like, yes, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I think, I think the reason why is that, it, it, I mean, that's the, the, the main focus, isn't it, in your life? A lot of people get to a point in their lives where they start to question what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it, what the purpose of life is, or, you know, Victor Frankl's, what's the meaning of life? And it, it's, it's been a, um, an age old question. And so for you to sort of put it into a concept that can be understood um, quite simply has, has really resonated with people. It's been very inspiring and comforting at the same point. Thank you. Yes, that's maybe it. It's not like, yeah, I feel like I always say we didn't invent anything new. It's like, I think like all writers are like, we all human beings, we're mixing ideas and we could keep pushing new ideas and then new ideas will come up from there so now there are in fact our book was now there are more than 50 books about ikigai and our the kickstarting one like we we kickstarted the in fact there was yeah there was some other books before with the word ikigai but it was not about ikigai and, like, mm. and later we kind of kickstarted it based on other people's ideas too because the blue zones idea comes from dan, dan butter and the idea of ikigai had been used some other in some other books too so and then victor frankl and then we kick-started a new new ideas and now that's just a whole ecosystem that, that that's now out there for other people i embrace listeners to start writing maybe about whatever they feel like or not writing maybe if you don't like that's another thing is like you don't have to feel forced because someone you admire does something that's something I, in retrospect i did i didn't do well in my life just because someone you admire does something it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do so you don't have to you don't have to write you have to do what maybe you love something else much more
maybe you love uh, creating music or playing music or you love yeah i don't know it can be something very simple you love taking care of your kids or you love selling cars that can be also a beautiful thing to do so just finding the way that you can express yourself that is true to you yes, yes exactly mm. well I have had a wonderful time speaking with you today, and I really look forward to to coming to Japan. I, I've been inspired by the, the sound of Tokyo, and I've seen images, but you've brought it to life today. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thanks to you for inviting me. And yes, if you come to Tokyo, let me know. Oh, 100%. I will, uh, let's say I will bring you to one of these green green areas with temples in Tokyo. So you get a sense of what Tokyo is. And the best time to come is when the blossom's out? Yes, that's the best. Yeah, like any time. Yeah, that's the best time. But it's, it's lots of people. Not this year, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair this, year was, this year was like, okay. The flowers were alone, I think. <laughs> the flowers were feeling lonely. But yes. Any time is, I always say that there is no a perfect time. You can come any. In fact, if you come when nobody's here, it's more beautiful to be alone visiting things. Well, I really look forward to then. So you'll uh, you'll have to let me know when that magic time is in terms of when no one else is there. <laughs> in win winter. Yeah. In fact, there's in winter if you are lucky that. There is snow in Tokyo. It's so beautiful. It's it's amazing. Like this is something I'm like, I I romantic like when it snows in Tokyo. I I wake up at five in the morning and I run to the temples to take pictures. It's like it's a very yeah. Some people look at me like I'm a crazy man, but I love it. Like to see the sunrise with the temples and the snow and there's no one some sometimes there is like some person cleaning the snow it's very romantically it seems like you're traveling to the past wow well i'm definitely a winter baby so that that's perfect so one final message for the audience please hector my message is yeah if you're having doubts about your ikigai your purpose in life your your purpose in life from now on should be to create your ikigai or try keep trying things to align your life with your purpose thank you for listening to the focus on why podcast i'm amy ronanson and if you've enjoyed this episode please leave me a five-star itunes review Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook and become a member of the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.